Houston Restaurant News Today is sponsored by Rainbow Lodge, home of Game Burger Friday. It's a 12-year lodge tradition and available every Friday at lunchtime until sold out. Toppings include sautéed mushrooms, peppers, and pimento cheese, and they change every week. Visit www.rainbow-lodge.com slash Burger Friday on Wednesdays to find out the next burger special. Houston Food Finder appreciates its sponsors and supporting readers who make our independent local journalism possible. This is Houston Restaurant News Today, presented by HoustonFoodFinder.com. Today, Phaedra Cook talks to Aaron Lyons, co-owner of Dish Society and the forthcoming Memorial City restaurant, Daily Gather, as well as their culinary director and chef, Brandy Key. You'll hear about what it takes to launch a new restaurant in 2021, as well as keep an existing one fresh. Plus, you'll get a preview of what to expect from Daily Gather when it opens its doors. Now, let's join Houston Food Finder editor, Phaedra Cook. Hi, Houston Food Finder listeners and readers. This is Phaedra Cook. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you follow me on social media, which you can do at at Phaedra Cook, P-H-A-E-D-R-A-C-O-K on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You might have noticed that it's been a long time since my last episode. In fact, it's been a year. That's because, like for so many of you, 2020 and the beginning of 2021 was a really hard period for me. I lost a dear family member in January. I lost a few good friends, both to COVID-19 and to other issues. And especially with the first six months of this year being tied up with dealing with my uncle's state funeral, all that, and flying back and forth to Waco to handle things. I just hit a wall as far as having any available time to also produce the podcast. Thankfully, as you just heard from the intro, I now have a producer. John Davis is not only a highly experienced technical engineer, but if you enjoy classic rock, and I certainly do, you've probably heard his voice before on the Eagle 106.9 or 107.5 in Houston. I am so appreciative for John's help in getting this podcast back on track. Sometimes I need to be reminded that I'm already a full-time plus publisher, editor, and writer for Houston Food Finder, and I can't actually do everything myself all the time. That said, I'm very proud for teaching myself how to produce a podcast And again, a lot of that was thanks to John too, because if I hit a technical snag, I could go ask him a question and he would usually help me through it. And just as before, this podcast is going to continue to highlight some of the most interesting people in the greater Houston area's food and drink world. And I'll occasionally be dropping some other features and news as well. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast and have John or I talk about the wonderful things that you offer, email me at Phaedra, P-H-A-E-D-R-A, at HoustonFoodFinder.com. For today's show, I've known Chef Brandy Key for more than a decade, and I'm always interested in and what she's working on. It's gotten a lot better over the last few years. There still aren't a whole lot of women chefs, and Brandy could rightfully be called one of the longest-running 
and pioneering and most visible women chefs in Houston. I've interviewed her at least five times over the years. I always tell her she's one of my favorite interviews because she's always so clear and well-spoken and thoughtful in her answers. I have observed as she's opened multiple restaurants for Clark Cooper Concepts, including Copa and Salt Air, which was a wonderful, creative seafood restaurant in the Upper Kirby District that definitely was gone too soon. It was a real shame. I also stopped in when she was working for restaurateur and chef Claire Smith at Alice Blue, and I quite enjoyed that visit. The food was just terrific, and Alice Blue is truly a a charming space. So now Brandy is again in a kind of a high-level conceptual role with the uh, parent company of Dish Society. And she's working with Aaron Lyons and his business partners to open this brand new concept called Daily Gather in the Memorial area. Believe it or not, Dish Society opened on San Felipe way back in 2014. It's hard to believe it's been that long. And since then, it has grown to another five locations. So they're spreading all over town. And with the exception of the one downtown in Finn Hall, they're all all-day cafes serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They make use of a lot of local ingredients from area farms, as well as showcase other artisan products produced by vendors in the greater Houston area, such as they serve Greenway coffee. Now let's hear what Brandy and Aaron have to say about their forthcoming brand new restaurant, Daily Gather. Aaron, is this the first time that you decided that having a chef, you know, a named chef, was important for, for one of your restaurant concepts? When we opened Dish Society, having a very competent chef was important to me because everything we did was new, right? And so every dish had to be in line with our vision and, and had to be, you know, everything had to be aligned. And so that was really critical. Once we sort of established that those systems and got the infrastructure in place and and started to grow the brand, I don't want to say it became less important, but we were able to um, manage and improve what we had with the people that we had. And that, oh, that didn't necessarily always mean we had a chef involved. And the way that we thought about growing Dish Society was if we're going to open dozens of these we can't be dependent on having a chef at every single one. So we would, we had to create systems that allowed us to, uh, you know, execute our menu and our food um, with very competent uh, line cooks and, and kitchen managers. And that was sort of our, our strategy and our structure. We're kind of going through the original process that we went through with Dish, again now with Daily Gather, and this being a more ambitious elevated concept and menu, it's absolutely critical to have a chef's touch, not only with this concept, but now overseeing all of the Dish Society concepts as well and and keeping us on the cutting edge of trends and what our guests want to see and what's happening kind of locally, regionally, and nationally is just having somebody look through those at those things through the right lens 
you know, myself, my business partner are very business and operationally focused, and we don't have that culinary background. We needed somebody that could cover our blind spots essentially in there and help us grow and challenge us in that area because it wasn't going to come from us. And Brandy was always my first choice, and so it was also kind of like I didn't want to settle. And so, you know, I'm glad it worked out. (laughs) (laughs) Brandy, what excites you about being able to conceptualize the menu for Daily Gather? What interested you most about this? Well, a lot of it is just, you know, it's it's been about six years since I've opened up a brand new concept. And so in this process is always one of my favorite processes is it's sitting around a table and kind of creating this paint, you know, this painting picture out of nothing. And so that creative process is always really exciting. Partially for me too, though, is it's, this is a market that I haven't been a part of. I I mean, I have, and I've, I've worked in the area before, but a lot of, you know, just kind of the motivation for this too is, this is also a brand new playing ground for me. And so I think it's allowed me to create in a different way and kind of think about food and, and people and the demographic of people that are coming in and finding creative ways that we can pull them into this experience that maybe they've not had before, but yet it's not intimidating. And so having a whole new market of people to be able to feed and connect with and feed their families and, you know, help with the date nights and, and all of it, that, that too is, is exciting from a menu standpoint. One of the things that I, I'm curious about is you putting your unique spins on some classic American dishes. What are some examples of that? So a lot of it is just thinking about, like, what is classic American food and what is this very approachable kind of thing that takes you back to a time or place or has a little bit of nostalgia kind of based around it. And so the idea is, like, how do you take these things that, you know, it's oysters on the half shell. Okay, so how are we going to either present this or bring this in a way that kind of changes the, the language? Some of the things that I've got is, you know, it's like taking the idea of guacamole but actually pulling it apart in a different way so that the experience is different than just going to, uh, you know, a Tex-Mex place, which is amazing places to have it, but it's like you just get chips and guacamole. Okay, so how do we take this idea of this comfort food, this nostalgia, something that Texans and, and this, you know, Houston really resonate with, and then how do we take some of those parts and pieces out? And so some of it is just, you know, charring peppers and onions and presenting it a different way so it's not just this smashed avocado in a bowl. It's actually this kind of fun thing you get to pull together at the table for yourself. So a lot of the, like, the main items that are on the menu, when you read it, it's like, okay, I know an oyster's Rockefeller. I know a deviled egg. I know what cornbread is. But then it's what we do with it that kind of just twists it and makes it fun. Erin, Brandy obviously has a lot of experience with multi-restaurant. What are you looking for uh, her to bring to the table with that experience? You know, everything that comes with that in managing multiple concepts, it's it's a, it's a totally different animal, right? When you have six of the exact same concepts, a lot of things are a lot easier when it's the same menu across six restaurants and the same employees can go work at different locations that day if you need them to because they already know the menu, they already know how to make the drinks, they already know the systems and the checklist and all those things. So there's there's a lot of benefits to that. You know, the challenge is how do you manage the culture and some of the systems, the continuity that you want to keep in in a new concept but then you're going to have to elevate some some uh, other components of that, and there's going to be 
a different different position, different needs, uh, both back of house and front of house, and just uh, different drink menus and the way you think about the concepts. And so Brandy's done a great job of of helping us think through that and how you manage multiple concepts at the same time. And then also just, you know, knowing how to – she's really good at balancing her time on knowing when she needs to focus on Dish Society things, right? Like right now we're we're going to be rolling out the winter menu – for Dish Society, kind of unfortunately, at the same time we're opening Daily Gather, which wasn't so <laughs> and it and it never is uh, supposed to be that way, but it always ends up you know sort of happening. So she's she's balancing that. She knows how to stay ahead of that. She can see around the corners, right? You know, because she's been there before and she's seen this, and so she knows what's coming and what to expect more so than we do in a lot of those areas. So really, it's the innovation, it's how to manage it, it's the systems, it's the different personalities. We have a company culture and we have a company core values, but even even within Dish Society, every location has its own sort of microculture, and Daily Gather is going to have its own microculture, right? And so it's how you balance that and how you mesh those things and, and, and everything that comes with not only opening just another restaurant, but a, a totally different one. When I walk into a Dish Society, I have become used to it's going to be an open, airy environment. It's going to be casual, non-pretentious, laid back, but also comforting. Mm-hmm. I would say the you know the value is on the plate or it's in the glass because of the ingredients you're sourcing. How will the new restaurant be different? What kind of feeling are you wanting patrons to have when they walk into the place? Not too dissimilar from what you described, and 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 I love that you described it that way because that's exactly what we're going for. This is going to be a approachable, non-pretentious, open airy vibe, a lot of quality in the ingredients and what you get both on the plate and the glass. I think uh, this specific location, larger patio, larger bar, larger dining room than what you would, you know, see at a dish. And then just the, the obviously the, 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 the menu's more ambitious. And so it's, it's not, it's not really interchangeable with dish a whole lot, right? There's a little bit of overlap if you just want a quick salad for lunch, you know, or a sandwich or something. You know, we can both concepts will meet that need. But, you know, dish society is not really a date night place, right? Unless you're, you know, homecoming or something, you're in high school. But, you know, this will be. This is a place that I would take my wife if we had a babysitter. This is a place I would go with our friends that, you know, also have babysitters that night. And I think this area really needs that. And I think there's other parts of town and other cities that they're always going to have these pockets where, where this is a, a need that needs to be met. This sort of serves our, our same demographic, but just in a different way. You know, this is just a more elevated experience across the board. But from a vibe standpoint, very approachable. You know, we call it Houston Hospitality. And the the design aesthetics and everything will be meant to feel very inviting. At Dish Society, we kind of want people to come in, eat, and, you know, have a great experience, but not a lot of lingering that happens, right? And we, we typically need to turn tables pretty quick, especially on the weekends. With this, with this, uh, with Daily Gather, this is a very much like we want you to disconnect. We want you to enjoy the people that you're with, make deep connections, enjoy the food, and have a very memorable experience, whether it's brunch or, or lunch or dinner or, or happy hour or first date or whatever. We want this to be a very memorable, uh, memorable experience. A lot more shareable things. We want people to kind of graze and, and stay and try different drinks and this and that. It's just, it's just a different experience, different mindset. 
What's the best estimate at this point as far as when Daily Gather will open? Great question. It's always a great question. Uh, I know. And I know things are always in flux, and there are problems like the city and licensing and, and permits well, and all that. Problem. Our our issue is we have all of our furniture stuck in a container at the port. Um, oh, we boy. Had, uh, light fixtures that when we ordered them, we had a four- to five-week lead time, and now they're 12-week lead times. And these are big, important, key chandelier sort of focal points of the restaurant that, you know, these aren't like little bathroom lights or something, <laughs> even though those are delayed too. But those those are easier to find replacements for. So there's a lot of those things, right? Some of the tiles, some of the equipment, for example, to get a, a frozen drink machine. Now we're opening in November, so it's not like super critical. But those things, the lead times on all of these things have just, it's gotten out of hand. That's pushed us, not to mention the hiring and the staffing shortage that everybody's aware of. And we got to hire 60 people minimum to open successfully. And what I don't want to do is open for just dinners, right? I don't want to open and have to modify our hours. I don't want to have to like close, you know, half the restaurant just because we don't have enough servers. It's a balance, and and we're trying to figure all of this stuff out right now. So it's it's going to be a moving target. I feel like November's sometime in November, probably mid-November, makes the most sense. The other thing too is like with Dish Society. If I if this were a Dish Society, I would have had most of the people hired by now, and they'd be working at one of our, our other six locations training, and we just move them over when it's time to move over. With this concept, we can't train them at Dish. There's nothing for them to learn there. The managers, we, we have put some managers in Dish Societies to learn our systems, and because those will be the thing. But, you know, there's really not – got to learn a whole new menu. you got to learn – we don't have the luxury of sort of staggering, you know, how we hire and, and placing them in training. We kind of to hire everybody at once, train them within a week or two, and and wish for the best. It's it's very challenging. So I would, and that's a long answer to your question, but yeah, probably mid-November. Yeah, and it sounds like with Daily Gather being a little bit more of a, an elevated concept, you know, I no one can be that picky right now about who they hire, but the servers are probably going to have to really be well-trained in how they explain the dishes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And cooks, too. I mean, everybody's got to be, um, we have high standards at Dish Society, of course, too. But, you know, we're able to get away with having the high school kid there at their first job be a food runner or a cashier. You know, that, that's not going to happen here. So, you know, the labor pool is a little bit smaller from what we're going to be pulling from here than what we'd, you know, be a little bit more flexible with at this society. You know, it is. It is a challenge. And this is a bigger space. I mean, this is this space is twice the size of a dish society. So just that alone lends itself to having to hire more people. I mean, when you have – a 6,000-square-foot restaurant and almost a 3,000-square-foot patio, you know, it's a lot of tables. And so that's yeah. a lot. And you got to have three or four bartenders. And, you know, it's just it's a, it's a lot more, just to hit the minimum, it's a lot more challenging. Plus, I b- believe this is going to have an elevated drink program, too. Yeah. So that's a whole other staffing concern right there. Correct. And it's also most people don't leave or switch jobs late in the year. They typically wait till January, February. And so that's another challenging thing is, you know, hiring people around the holidays is always super tough. Uh, Brandy, about how far are you uh, as far as conceptualizing the dishes for the menu? Probably like 90% there. We've got a working brunch, lunch, and dinner menu. We've got a uh, kind of pending building uh, happy hour um, kind of spot. There's the, the one thing that I, I like about this concept is we're weaving in some surprises which that's like kind of a teaser just to be like, we're doing some surprises. But, you know, part of this is 
you know, there is a there is a daily aspect to this concept with, you know, just the name and the style. You know, we're gonna have a pretty good rotating list of some fun things that, that we're able to do out of out of the restaurant. So a lot of a lot of the way that I work, I just keep lists. And anytime we come across something, whether we're gonna use it today or we're gonna use it two weeks from today, we just compile the stuff of what what is fun to eat, what is nostalgic, what is classic, what takes you to a time and space of like just this, you know, happier time and uh it's just kind of built in with a bunch of surprises. So we're we're probably ninety percent there and then we've got a lot of just other things that we can pull out whenever uh whenever it's time to something kind of fun. But the idea of this place being some place that you can come to and sit down and unplug, like turn your phone off and have a conversation and maybe we'll help guide part of that and make it fun for you and you know, it's just it's it's being able to slow slow down a little bit, just enjoy time at the dinner table. Uh, since you are so far along with the menu, could you give me a few examples of some dishes that you think the first time people visit, these would be some great things to try? Sure. I mean, obviously, we're going to have an oyster program. So the goal is to have East Coast and, and Gulf oysters, you know, focusing in on some of the, the hybrid varietals that come out of the Gulf and play specific, um, which I think are a lot of fun. Uh, but we also just want to be able to, like, sling a bunch of rocks, like just people approachable being able to come in and get some oysters. Um, we're going to have deviled eggs, which I always try to have on the menu because I think it brings a bit of that nostalgia to it. But, again, now the filling is different. The toppings are different. I'm doing a, a style of cornbread that's a skillet cornbread, but we're actually going to top it and kind of make it uh, fun and interesting by doing it a lote style. So just taking all of those flavors that you get from just, Mexican street corn, we're going to just pile that all on top of cornbread, which I think is a lot of fun. We'll have our version of uh, a guacamole. It's a roasted poblano guacamole. It's a great share. One of the really cool things about this whole thing that I think is it's where some of this playfulness and the 10% that I was kind of talking about is our gathering boards. And so, you know, it's that idea of being able to get, you know, a board in the middle of the table for your group of four or six and have all of these cool little pasta flavors and things. And so there's there's different levels of these boards. There's, you know, just the basic charcuterie. We can get meat and cheese. And, you know, obviously we'll be doing, you know, working with people like Lindsay over at Houston Dairy Mates to have some really cool, you know, seasonal cheese varieties. Um, but we'll also have the ability to do, you know, the chef's board where, you know, you basically get a, a curated – you know, board of small bite for whatever we're serving that day, whatever's fresh, whatever feels right, to put in the middle of your table. So we have the ability to kind of take some of the choices off the table for the guests so they can just sit down and we can put food in front of you and just let the night kind of progress naturally. So I think the, the, the gathering boards are going to be a really cool thing. And then obviously, you know, taking those into brunch and having those brunch options where you can just put this ultimate brunch board in front of you and share it with your family. So, And then there's one of the things that I am excited about is, is being able to work with seafood again. And, and I say again, it's just, you know, I've always loved seafood and tried to make it, you know, part of it because I think it fits for Houston. But having this whole framework in this restaurant to do that again is, has been super exciting and I'm looking forward to it. It's just some really great Gulf seafood that we can put together. You know, even as simple as taking a snapper or almond bean, but how do you take that almond bean and again kind of make it this kicked up kind of fun version of it with classic flavors that people, you know, understand. 
we'll we'll have some pastas, we'll have some, you know, bigger meats and that sort of thing. We're going to definitely have a burger here, so a really nice burger that you could get for lunch or dinner. So those are, those are some of the, the hits for now. And there's a lot of vegetables and a lot of salads, like always. You know me. I love vegetables and anything that you can do just of a composed vegetable plate. So so there's going to be those choices within. There's just those lighter seasonal options woven throughout the menu. Erin, I'm looking at the website, and your color scheme is dark blue with a kind of a, a bronze color, kind of a muted, maybe a muted dark gold. Mm-hmm. Is uh, that reflective of what your interior design is going to be like? Yeah, the interior is going to use, there's going to be a lot of white, a lot of natural wood, some navy, a lot of plants and greenery inside. It's going to feel very open, very inviting, airy, natural, comfortable. As long as the sun's out, you want to capture as much of that natural light as you can and and, and, and have that energy. I really like the energy of natural light. We want it to be a, a comfortable place for everybody. We should probably hit a few highlights of the drink program. The approach is very similar to what we did with the food, right? So kind of our twist on some classics. So there's going to be that component of it. We're going to have our own house cocktails as well. You know, that's probably the the most I could say there. Really good wine program, of course. We'll have beers. We'll have local craft beers, but that's not really a big part of I, I think that the beer thing is kind of fading. And the one thing I could say towards the cocktail program, too, is, is kind of taking that whole seasonal aspect of things where produce, us being able to, like, make tinctures or syrup or some sort of juice that we're able to, to juice out of whatever farm is supplying us that day, like, a lot of that inspiration that's in the food, I think, is going to transfer to the cocktails as well. So you not only can have just your classic Manhattan done our way, you could also have this kind of fun seasonal winter cocktail that opens up your senses and has some, you know, spice to it, some baking spice to it, that sort of thing. So I think that's going to be a really fun kind of playground for us to to tie not only the food menu together, but tie it to the cocktail menu. So there's some of that continuity, which would be really fun. But we're also not trying to make like super complicated cocktails. Like the cocktail industry has, and, and this is no, no, fault to anyone. It's just we've watched it happen over the years where it went from no one really understood what a bartender was to, okay, we we are going to hyper it up to where it's it's very much a show and there's a lot of, you know, kind of creativity behind it. And I see that a lot of things are kind of coming back. You know, now things are kind of coming back into that. I just want really good mixed spirits with some cool flavorings and, and it be something that's easy to execute but still, you know, delights the palate and kind of your mind whenever you're when you're in the space. Is there anything else that you would like for our readers to know about Daily Gather? Even new things for Dish Society, Erin, you've mentioned that uh, the winter menu will soon roll out. Yeah, the winter menu, so Brandy's been with us since earlier this year, has been making sort of this continuous tweaks to things. And so elevating kind of what we already had and taking it to a new level and then I'm also introducing new things, new techniques, new ways to do things. There's this constant evolution of our existing menu and then adding new things, again, based on seasonality. So that, for, for DISH, we'll, we'll also be revamping the drink program and, and wine program at DISH as well over the next few months. I think in general, we as a company probably need to hire 70 to 80 people right now between DISH and Daily Gather. That's our biggest challenge right now, and quite frankly, so that's really the biggest thing that, that we're really focused on is building our team. Good luck to you. It sounds like uh, Daily Gather is going to be really awesome, and I can't wait to see it. And thanks very much for taking part of your morning to talk with me. I appreciate it. 
Thank you for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. Look forward to uh, seeing things transpire. We'll keep you posted. Thank you so much. Thanks, Pedro. Thanks for listening to Houston Restaurant News today. To learn more about what's new at Dish Society and the soon-to-open Daily Gather, along with everything you need to know about what's tasty in Houston, log in now to HoustonFoodFinder.com. Thanks for listening and supporting independent local journalism. I'm John Davis, and we'll see you again on Houston Restaurant News Today.